0: the Slowdown. Last night, I had another dream of flying. Like other nights, I hovered just slightly above the earth's surface with not a care in the world before lifting off. My first dream of flying occurred when I was 12 years old. I was smitten with a girl in my class, Rhonda, who lived three blocks over. I had talked to her four or five times on our way to school. She seemed shy, like me, so I asked my friend Lloyd to include her in his next comic book. Lloyd drew superhero comics featuring himself and his two best friends, Calvin and me. We were his sidekicks with our own superpowers. Every Friday, just before the final bell of the week, Mrs. Neesmith, our teacher, had Lloyd stand before the class and read out loud his next episode. Earlier that day, running up behind her, I told Rhonda I asked Lloyd to include her as part of the Captains of Truth. That afternoon, she beamed from across the room to hear herself as a character and said, after class, that I could walk with her to school from now on. That evening, just before falling asleep, I experienced the terrifying yet distinct sensation of rising and floating above our street. I recalled the houses and parked cars getting smaller, the familiar sight of a church spire, but now at eye level. I slowly flew in the direction of our house, but do not ever recall landing. I subscribe to the notion of dreams as our subconscious acting out wish fulfillment or deeply embedded fears. But I also see dream flying as a form of emotional ascension, like I experienced having made Rhonda feel a little more seen the speaker in today's epistolary poem turns to the hummingbird as an avatar of their own wish to soar. My Dearest Black-Billed Streamer Tale by Michelle Whitaker Apparently, we have chosen to spend our lives in semi-solitude, studying the intimacies of caverns and coastlines. Years ago, the Daily Gleaner remarked how the Arawak called you a warrior god. But my auntie calls you a thirsty doctor with a photographic memory. I wonder which you would prefer to be, craving nectar as much as you need water. I can imagine why my ancestors plucked away your emerald feathers from the flank of your body. But I hold my compulsion to my chest, like a fist crumpling up an unsent love letter. Instead, these hands brim with gratitude, shredding black Tipolo leaves into compost, readying for the season where the blue bonnets bring forth narrow spikes of light. Don't we crave conversation as much as we desire attraction? I even talk to the Malabar vines wilted around a broken violin under my writing desk. I talk bright and constantly in my yard. The bright and constant distinctly align with Polaris during late night walks. Sometimes we follow our instincts as much as we desire facts. Don't we crave staring at the horizon as much as we long to hover? Can you teach me the illusion of holding still? Can you teach my malignant masses nestled against my uterine walls how not to heart attack, or at least how not to fear the flight? The slowdown is a production of American Public Media in partnership with the Poetry Foundation. This project is also supported in part by the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. To get a poem delivered to you daily, go to slowdownshow.org and sign up for our newsletter, Find us on Instagram at Slowdown Show.